I've heard lots of podcasts before. A lot of them are pretty good, baby. But I don't know about this one. You know, there's, there's lots of great singing in this week's episode, but doesn't seem to me like there's enough. There's just not enough of it. It's just not enough. Oh, oh, baby. This podcast, I can't get enough of it, babe. But it's not that good, so I don't know why. I can't get enough of it, babe. Oh, Jack isn't acting like himself. The Scotsman don't know why He's gonna help him get his memory back At least he's gonna try Oh no, babe Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Back to the cast, Gotta Recap. The podcast where we talk about Samurai Jack. Isn't that right, Brendan? Is that normally what we talk about on the show? Oh, uh, bro, I don't know. I'm like not this Brendan guy. Oh no, here we go. It's already <laughs> it's already beginning. <laughs> My name is like Trent. What are we even doing here? Gotta recap colon a Brent Worthington rewatch <laughs> podcast. <laughs> yeah, what's up? <laughs> Nick Montagani here with Brendan Riley, as always. Brendan, we've got a fun multi-part episode to dive into this week. Yeah, we do. Full of whimsy and mystery. Camaraderie. Yep. <laughs> st- strife. Um, yeah, another another two-part episode of Samurai Jack, um, which is, you know, not something they've done a lot of on this show, but, um, you know, several times now we've had multi-parters. We had, I think, the last time was uh, The Birth of Evil, parts one mm-hmm. and two in season Three, which was stellar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then one of the, you know, all time great multi-part episodes, I think, is, you know, the opening movie, the the, the three part banger right out of the gate for Samurai yeah. Jack. Yeah, you can't discount that one. That's, you know, kind of where it all began. <laughs> it is quite literally where this all began and where you and me began this journey of ours. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, that's a thing that they do on this show, you know, is multi-part episode. I, I I don't know if there's any more that are explicitly like split up into multiple episodes, mm-hmm. kind of like we have this week or, or other times. I mean, season five is a much more serialized storyline. Right, yeah. So like it all kind of runs through together episode to episode. But it's not necessarily like a special, like Exactly. Um, so I thought, you know, maybe we'd spend a little time here. In uh, the opening portion of this week's episode, talking about some of our favorite uh, multi-part episodes uh, in any TV shows that we've ever watched. Um, You know, it doesn't have to be limited just to animated shows. You know, if you could think of any other shows that had Mm -hmm. parts one or two, sometimes parts three and four and beyond. Oh, my God. They're going wild at that point. Yeah, things get crazy. Rain it in. You got to really be committed to getting through that whole block of programming there. Um, But yeah, just, you know, multi-part TV episodes, they are a thing. I feel like, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure 
they're really doing them these days. Um, but I can definitely think of a few examples from my television viewing past. Mm-hmm. Can, can you? Yeah, I got a couple things in the chamber here. Hit me with what you got. What, what do you got, Brendan? All right. There's a uh, pair of episodes in Community that, while not like necessarily a two-part special, are directly tied together. Uh, in the first part, uh, Troy and Abed start building a pillow fort and then get in a big disagreement over whether or not you're allowed to use blankets and pillow forts. Uh, and that kind of like splits the whole campus. And the second episode is filmed like a war documentary, like a uh, cataloging the events that happened in this like split on campus in this pillow fort versus blanket fort civil war. Uh, I really liked that one. <laughs> is it too late to like try to watch community? Cause that's just something I never did. I don't think so. I still watch it once in a while and I only watched it for the first time probably a couple years ago. Okay. Uh, I think it's very funny still, man. I know people have so much love for that mm. show and it's just a total blind spot. It's kind of like, um, for me, it's like uh, Arrested Development, where I can watch it again and again, and like you catch like little jokes that you kind of missed out on the first time. Arrested Development also a good show for like multi-part mm-hmm. episodes. Like that is definitely like a candidate for you know they had you know obviously like a, an overarching storyline over like seasons, but you know specific plot points like um, the uh, one with uh, the blind lawyer. Getting yeah, pregnant yep. and yeah, that that whole multi-part sequence. Those are some great episodes. It's a great TV show, undeniably. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. Until it got to Netflix and then things kind of started to fall apart. Um, Yeah. R- rough, rough days in recent memory for yeah. Arrested Development. We wish them well. Um, I was thinking, you know, obviously an all-time classic is uh, The Simpsons, Who Shot Mr. Burns, Part 1 and 2. Right, yep. Um, and those were, you know, things that you and me were probably too young to like appreciate at the time that they were airing on TV. But like looking back on them now, those are two of like the standout episodes from, from that time period. And, and like, it's really funny. I've seen who shot Mr. Burns part two way more than I've seen part one. And it's strictly because. Uh, part one is the final episode of the season six of The Simpsons. Um, so it would have been the last episode that was on the DVD box set. Uh, and I usually would have fallen asleep by the time it got to that point. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. So I wouldn't have seen it. I mean, I've seen it plenty of times, but not as much as part two, which is the first episode of season seven. See, I didn't so realize this is the they first split it like one that. Yeah, yeah, they did. That was whole, that the whole, makes a like, lot of sense. I because re- I remember it being a big deal at the time. Like b- my parents were excited about it, and I don't think my parents really yeah. watched all that much Simpsons. And I watched it because they were so excited about it. I still remember. You're a couple years Mr. older Burns. than me, so like you, you at least could have like probably appreciated that more in the time than I did. Oh yeah, like I didn't get any of the jokes except right, for like right, the right, slapstick right. kind of stuff they do. But I remember who shot Mr. Burns, and I haven't seen it since. <laughs> Um, they they even like produced multiple endings of that episode too to like, to, like throw keep, off testers yeah yeah exactly they had like multiple people who they confirmed like they they shot multiple endings of like different gunmen mm-hmm. um which is kind of a funny idea that they were like playing it that close to the vest like oh we can't we got to keep the secret we can't even let the people down. working on it no yeah <laughs> yeah um wow 
I wonder if they had decided like because I I remember hearing something about how if you're paying enough attention, you can figure out like the answer before it happens, like before it's revealed. Oh, yeah. So I wonder if they planted all the seeds for every possible outcome. Well, of course, uh, Mr. Burns's hands on the sundial are pointing at W and S. Yeah. Uh, but if you look at it from a certain angle, it might show you different letters. Are we trying to avoid spoilers for a 30 year old? I don't think TV so. Episode? I, I it was wasn't. Maggie. Yeah, it was Maggie. Maggie, Maggie shot him. It. Yeah. The baby. It was the baby who did it. <laughs> he was trying to get a lollipop out of the car and uh, she shot him accidentally. <laughs> Class. That's a great one. The only other one I wanted to mention to you, Brendan, and we won't spend too much time mm-hmm. talking about it, but um, a show famous for its multi-part episodes is uh, Avatar The Last Airbender. Uh, they did yeah. it many, many, many times. Like all of the season finales were multi-part episodes and were like really big events. Mm-hmm. Um, and the series finale is a four-parter. Oh, geez. I think I yeah. saw a multi-part one in Korra where it's like the the first avatar or the first bender or something that is the best of all of them too i i am mm-hmm. i'm actually glad that you mentioned it brendan yeah because, i uh, have seen that uh and it was pretty interesting i kind of wish the whole show was more like that <laughs> it, it it is i i don't, <laughs> I don't know this is a conversation <laughs> we'll have later on um but yeah those those are all good and specifically yeah the one from Korra where it introduced the first avatar that's really good cuz it like takes a lot of like the established rules of the avatar and like gives them context mm-hmm. and like backstory but none of it feels like lame it's kind of like <laughs> what star wars did with midichlorians oh yeah except yeah, yeah. good i was going to say what samurai jack did with the sword also that <laughs> also that uh, we didn't have any huge problems with the origins of the sword, but we did have problems with the the later established rules yeah. of the sword. Something we've talked about many times on the show. <laughs> I might Is it sitting any better with you, Brendan. No, I might retroactively forgive them though. If at any point they do go back and elaborate <laughs> show a scene of like yeah. Jack's dad telling Jack, Hey, by the way, by the way, don't forget, this is going to be important. 20 episodes ago. <laughs> Yeah, we might get that. We'll see. Uh, (laughs) Before we get to that point, which may or may not ever happen, uh, we must move on to recap this week's episodes. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, we're breaking the rules. We didn't mention that. We're doing both of them right now. We'll talk about that in just a second, Brendan. Uh, Let's move on to the recap. All right. Brendan, this week we are talking about uh, episodes... 45 and 46 of mm-hmm. Samurai Jack, collectively known as uh, The Scotsman Saves Jack, parts one and two. I like that. Yeah. Simple, straight to the point. Yeah. You know, you, you get the Scotsman name in there. It gets the people fired up. Uh, although, uh, no, nah, well, I'll talk about that later. Never mind. Never mind. You're getting ahead of <laughs> we'll myself. We'll figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, we're doing both episodes this week, folks, which is different than we've handled this in the past. You know, mm-hmm. the opening movie, we did individual uh, podcast episodes for each episode. And then The Birth of Evil, we did the same thing, but we recorded it all at once and split it out over two things. This this time, we're just going to go through the whole the whole ding-dang thing. Yep. It makes sense for this, I think. 
does it seem appropriate? Because I had watched this before you did this week, Brendan, and I, I suggested that we we do this format. And I told you when you watch the episode, you'll probably feel the same way. Do you, yeah. do, you, do you think so? Yeah, I think it, I think it checks out for this without getting too far ahead of ourselves. It does the thing that uh, the Silicon Valley does every episode of the show where it sets up a problem at the end of the episode and then resolves it very quickly. Immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right. So off it would it would have been silly, I think, to split this one. OK. Um, plus the. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but there's a lot of wasted time in episode two that yeah. maybe didn't need to be there. Yeah. We'll get we'll talk about it. Um, yeah. Episodes 45 and 46. The Scotsman saves Jack. Uh, August 23, 2003. Um and when I'm looking back at this, Brendan, and I'm kind of looking at the calendar of Samurai Jack, you know, we've talked a lot about how the episodes seem like out of sequence with the way they're listed mm-hmm. in seasons. We've talked about that a lot. You know, it's not wor- worth getting too far into. But what's interesting is that, you know, August 23rd and then um, the week before this, August 16th, 2003, was when The Birth of Evil Parts 1 and 2 oh, aired. Really? Yeah, so, I mean, things are now wildly out of order, but also two double features, two two weeks in a row. I wonder, was there like a special going on on Cartoon Network where it was like a big Samurai Jack event for a couple weeks? Or, it seems like there had to have been something like that, right? Yeah, like were they like playing marathons all the time for it? Or like when they did the, what did they, what did they used to call their Friday night lineup? Was it? I don't remember, but they had a Friday night lineup uh, and right. like maybe that was all Samurai Jack for a couple of weeks or something. It had to have been some some kind of, yes, yeah, some some special occasion that they were going with. Yeah. Um. So not only an oddity that, yeah, like the sequencing is all messed up according to, you know, the way we're looking at the season breakdowns. But yeah, d- double features two weeks in a row. Um. What's also interesting, Brendan, is in my research for this, I found a website that I will share with you after we're done, Ooh. and I may share in our episode notes uh, because it's it's pretty interesting. There is uh, some sort of Wikia site that is doing like the historical programming schedules for Cartoon Network and Adult Swim. Like so, some people have taken the time to like show the entire like programming blocks, like show the entire run through the day uh, of like all the shows and exactly what time they air and what order they aired on Cartoon Network, like in this time period, which is really interesting. That is pretty interesting. Yeah. I wonder, are they like going through old TV guides to get that information? How do you I'm think they're sure. pulling that? I don't know how they did it. Cause like, that's what I Googled was like TV guide 2003. And like that didn't yeah. lead me to that exact answer, but it did ultimately help me find this mm-hmm. thing that I, that I, didn't even know existed. It's pretty fascinating. Yeah, I'll send it. I'll send it along, and I'll, I'll link it in the show notes if people want to check that out. Just to point out some sort of coincidence, I also recently Googled TV Guide, <laughs> but I was just trying to see if they were still making them. <laughs> Haven't you been to the grocery like, store? Who, who would be buying these things? <laughs> Every TV now tells you exactly when everything is on. You can pick up a TV Guide and a Archie Digest. Ooh. I read the Sonic comics, which are also published by Archie, but I did the same exact thing. Yeah, it is usually I would ask my dad to buy me that or an Archie comic or a Simpsons comic. They were all great. Yep. Yep. Grocery store comics. Nothing beats them. I don't think they do that anymore. It's a shame, really. Yeah. You know, bring them back. Kids are glued to their phones. <laughs> 
bring back Sonic comics. Yeah. It almost rhymes, kind of like I always last felt, week. I we always felt weird rhymes. saying it. Yeah. <laughs> Sonic comic. The Sonic comic. Ooh, it's a yeah, bad mouthfeel. Yeah, not, not a fun thing to say. It's probably why they stopped doing it. Good thing they did. Uh, Samurai Jack has some comics. Let's talk about Samurai Jack. Let's do it. <laughs> some waves crash against the bow of a large industrial ship. Uh, the bridge of this ship is Aku-shaped, Brendan. I don't know if you noticed that. I did that, notice that. It's got the funny. horns and everything. A lot of the ships in this episode actually have that going on. The Aku theming. Yeah. yeah. They have to, you know. He's got his eye on them all the time. He's like, hey, you going out on the water? Well, you know, why don't you take me with you it's, in a way? Yeah, it's part of the checklist for the, the ship to be up to code. Yeah, otherwise, illegal floating vessel. Yep. <laughs> um. Yeah, this big old ship. And there's a mix of people hanging out on the deck. Uh, it's, a, it's kind of like an odd scene. I'm not really sure what's going on here. There's like a bunch of surly passengers, uh, but also like people that are sunbathing, even though like it's very dreary like cloudy weather outside i'm not yeah. sure what is going on here it, yeah i first thought it was just like a merchant ship or like uh, some sort of freighter and then a guy goes around looking for tickets um and everybody on board seems to be a bounty hunter of some kind this is exactly why i was confused yeah i thought there might be like stowaways or people who had made some kind of deal but yeah this is a ticketed <laughs> transportation system so yeah uh, with a wait staff yeah, it, it, it's it's just a very odd setup that they've go, got going on here. Um, mm -hmm. The camera kind of like pans over all these, yeah, like bounty hunters. There's like robots with guns and other aliens with guns. There's a lot of guns. There's one of them that looks almost exactly like Boba Fett, but just a different color palette. I did notice uh, this character. There as well. are some that look like robots from like Battlestar Galactica. Uh, there's a straight up. Guido is that his name Guido uh, Brendan don't don't jump the gun on my notes where I <laughs> have also mentioned Greedo. <laughs> we'll get there but you're absolutely right very Star Wars heavy episode it's Greedo it's not Guido that would be a very different character <laughs> I, was, I was like I, it's one of those <laughs> I used to have one of those they, they had the Star Wars toys that had like the sound clips in them and it was him just saying random garbage McClunky yeah, essentially. I, was like, I don't know what this guy's saying. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're, we're kind of like panning over all these people and it stops on someone who's uh, got a big bald head that's pointing out over the top of one of those like trifold tanning mirror things. Mm -hmm. um, somebody walks into this person's sunlight and uh, they drop the mirror and start to complain. And Brendan... It's the Scotsman. He's mad as hell right out of the gate. He's mad. Oh, yeah. Classic. Shouting these insults as he does. We can hardly understand a word he says, but it's been a little while since we've seen him on the show, so we're glad to have him back. Oh, yeah. How long has it been now? He was there last season, right? Or was it two seasons no, ago now? No, no. It, it was two seasons ago. First uh, the season, Jack and second the Scotsman season? Two was the name mm -hmm. of that episode. <laughs> That's right. It was. <laughs> Thank God this one's not Jack and Scotsman 3. Scotsman 3. Yeah, Part 1 and 2. <laughs> Jack and the Scotsman the third. <laughs> yeah, someone's blocking his son and, uh, yep, it's Greedo. Basically. <laughs> almost exactly Greedo. Yeah. Um, we don't get a chance to see 
who fires first. And really, there's only one person pointing a weapon in this scene, and it is Greedo pointing a gun straight at the Scotsman, Scotsman and honking in like an alien language. Uh, see, I was going to make the joke that the Scotsman fired first because he just straight up decks him. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah, kind of no no question about where they didn't have to edit it after the fact to see like <laughs> there was no shots fired by Greedo. The Scotsman punches him in the face right over the side of the boat. <laughs> Barely gives him a second to even talk. Uh, Brendan, we got a question a while back now about uh, a Scotsman spinoff series and whether or not yep. we thought that was like a sustainable idea. Mm-hmm. Um. Kind of feel like this is the tryout for that premise. Yeah, actually, you know what? Yeah, it kind of does feel like that. And uh, it actually kind of works. It's it worked a lot better than I expected it to. I think at the time we were skeptical that like something like that wouldn't have legs. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, it, it it could be worth a shot. It's too yeah. late. It's certainly far too late. Oh, but. yeah, yeah. It, I, it wouldn't fly now. I don't think I'd want it now. No, no. I, I don't want to know what they would do with something like that th- this many years on. But, um, you know, looking back on that question now, I think I, it, it seems like this is something they could have feasibly pulled off. Mm-hmm. Or, see, I still don't think it would carry for a whole show, but, like, yeah, every, like, maybe every season of Samurai Jack, he gets, like, a handful of the episodes just to himself. I think that would that have been, been okay. Yeah, that might have been the smartest way to handle it. And yeah, he does hold his own. I mean, we, we do have Samurai Jack in this episode, uh, as we'll discuss momentarily. Um, but this is, yeah, really the Scotsman's time to shine and uh, he owns it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the Scotsman, uh, he yells out for someone on the boat to bring him a drink and uh, a waiter brings over a glass and in a very, SoCal surfer dude accent says, uh, like, here's your refreshment, sir. Sir. Yeah, it's really good. Is that is uh, I didn't check uh, and I couldn't tell listening to it. Is that our man? It's our boy. Phil Lamar. It's our good friend, Phil Lamar. (laughs) Doing this voice. Doing the the surfer boy impression. Okay, cool, cool. Uh, Good on him and good on them for making this choice. Um, oh, yeah. The Scotsman thanks this waiter and gulps down the drink and uh, looks up at the waiter. And sure enough, it is Samurai Jack. Or but so it seems. Something's going on with old Jackie boy this week. If the voice wasn't enough of a tip <laughs> off. um, He's dressed as a waiter. He's got like his hair tied back like a little fancy lad. He's wearing like a red blazer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with the uh, like the the sailor uh, shoulder pads, like the little yellow circles with the tassels. Right. Right. Yeah, he's all dressed up, uh, you know, maybe not necessarily incognito on this boat, but d- apparently working on this boat. <laughs> yeah. But incognito uh, enough where nobody notices until the Scotsman makes a scene. Until he starts running his mouth. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's his own fault. Um, yeah, again, he's got this surfer dude accent. It is Phil Lamar doing the voice. I remember this episode existing and kind of like the general concept of like Jack losing his memory and everything and the Scotsman mm. helping him out. I didn't remember the voice 
Uh, and it's really <laughs> unsettling to see the character model of Samurai Jack talking in this way. Yeah, it's weird uh, to the point where I was actually pretty convinced for most of it that it wasn't going to be Jack. I was like, all right, some so they're going to go imposter. on this. Yeah, I was like, they're going to go on this adventure and it is just some guy who looks like Jack and they're going to bump into Jack. It's going to be like, oh, whoa, like, ah, what a wacky adventure we had. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 bizarre enough where something like that could have been. Could have been the plot of the episode, um, but yeah, just just very very bizarre right out of the gate here with with Jack not acting like himself, not talking like himself, and uh, the Scotsman is is stunned, but uh, he's he's mostly just very excited to see Jack, and he spits his water out all over him. <laughs> yep. Gross. It's you, my old friend. Oh, it's grand to see you. Never would I expect such a thing, you and me, a caber toss away on the same boat. I see you change your wardrobe. Got tired of wearing your granny's jammies, did ya? Uh, like, you must be confused. My name's Brent Worthington. <laughs> yep, what a good name. That's a great name. Brent Worthington is, like, the funniest possible alias <laughs> that Jack could have chosen for himself. I think it would be really good if at a later episode, like he's got to go undercover and he pulls that name out again. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah, this worked for me last time. <laughs> Brent Worthington. And of course the Scotsman proceeds to do a brutal takedown of the name Brent. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> Sorry to uh, all the Brents out there listening uh, you know, the Scotsman, he only speaks the truth. Yeah, so get a better name. It's really, yeah, it's really on you for sticking with uh, the <laughs> name Brent. If there's any Brent Worthingtons listening to this podcast, you are shit out of luck. No, actually man. keep that. That's a good one. Brent, <laughs> if you got the whole package going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah All about true. it. It's special. That yeah. is really special. <laughs> Hold on to that dearly as long as you can. Um, Yeah, the Scotsman's making a big scene. And grabs the attention of all of the other passengers on the boat uh, who know that Samurai Jack, not Brent Worthington, mm -hmm. uh, is a wanted man. And uh, Jack Brent, I've, I've got written down in my notes, Jack slash Brent. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to refer to him as Jack Brent a lot. Are you going to be all right with that? Jack Brent. All right. That's fine. Yeah. It seems appropriate. Um, Jack Brent is uh, continuing to tell the Scotsman that he's uh, confusing him for someone else. I'm not Jack, I'm Brent. Mm -hmm. um, the Scotsman, you know, he belts out a hearty laugh, but then he grows deathly serious and grabs Jack Brent by the shoulders and, and looks him in the eyes and he says, tell me you're not Samurai Jack, which he does with no hesitation. Mm -hmm. And uh, the Scotsman says that someone must have taken his brain and asks if it was Aku who did this, to which Jack Brent says he doesn't know who Aku is. He goes, who? Oh, yeah. What, though? <laughs> How would you not? That's a pretty big oversight, even for a brainwashed person. Yeah, I feel like five minutes in the world and you would know who Aku is. Yeah, he's everywhere. Yeah. Sandwich billboards. The ship uh, they're on. The side. Yeah, the shape of the ship. Yeah, it's 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 Aku's world that they're all living in. So, mm -hmm. you know, even even a, even a baby is going to pick up on that quick. Yeah, that I feel like that's a bit weird. It's an odd it's an odd thing. But it, more alarmingly, Brendan, uh, the Scotsman asks Jack Brent where his sword is, to which he <laughs> says, what sword? Oh, no. Which is 
very concerning. We we really do need that sword to get anything done. Yeah, that thing's here. pretty important. Important to the story, important to the man, Samurai Jack, anyway, but apparently not important to Brent. Yeah, he says, uh, like, I don't even believe in weapons. <laughs> and that just does it. That tears it. Uh, Brent, yeah, he's a he's a pacifist, you know, peace and love. No, he just doesn't think weapons are real. I don't think he thinks a lot of things. Brent kind of seems like a dumb <laughs> He's a pretty man. big fucking idiot, yeah. All he knows is cold drinks. <laughs> um, the Scotsman yeah, he starts yelling in his face, like letting everyone else on the boat know, yeah, this is truly Samurai Jack. Uh, he says that Jack is the best warrior on the whole planet besides himself, of course. Of course, yep. Um, the other passengers start to move in and uh, the Scotsman says, you know, I'll prove that you're Samurai Jack. He whips right around to this gigantic, ugly brute yep. standing right behind him, who he calls Tiny. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta love the the Scotsman. <laughs> if anyone is not afraid of a fight in this world, it is the Scotsman. Um, He points out Jack to this this large brute who stares down at him and swings his fist one time, knocking jack brent far away across the ship yeah he just sends him yeah yeets him across the boat uh the scotsman laughs and like tries to pump up jack to like retaliate uh but doesn't notice yeah he's flown 50 feet away and like crashed into some cargo on the boat (laughs) yeah he starts Uh, he starts talking shit to the giant guy like oh you really messed up now yeah as jack (laughs) is soaring through the air like a rag doll um but he uh, realizes Jack is not next to him, and he kind of gathers that the situation might be a little more dire than he originally thought. So he jumps in to fight instead, um, knocks the brute away, and fights off everyone else on the boat. He wastes no time putting his sweet-ass gun leg yep. to use. A lot of gun leg in these two episodes. A lot of gun to leg, see yeah, yeah. And every time he uses the gun leg or any of his weapons, he's got this face on where his like mouth is wide open, like that Wojak yeah. of the guy pointing to the store behind him. <laughs> he loves, he's a man <laughs> who loves to fight. Yeah. <laughs> he's got all these great weapons and, and loves to use every one of them in sequence. Um, <laughs> I love it too. There's a robot standing behind him. He grabs it and flips it over his head, onto the ground, beneath his gun leg, and fucking reduces it to bits. <laughs> yep. It's just sweet. Um, runs over and picks up the unconscious Jack Brent, pulls out a grenade from his little Scon- Scottish fanny pack like we've seen in the past. Yep. And uh, leaps over the side of the boat into the water as the boat explodes. <laughs> yeah, he just trashes the whole thing. <laughs> Not a he has no thought. regard. Yeah. yeah. A- anytime he kind of goes anywhere where he has a disagreement, it's like the only answer is explode the place. <laughs> and it really leave, holds up. Leave nothing behind. <laughs> it's never not hilarious when it happens. It's always good. It's always the right move by him, too. <laughs> um, he's swimming away through the ocean. He's got Jack sprawled out across his back who wakes up, uh, but is still Brent. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Scotsman... Tells him that, you know, he lost the fight. He actually says, oh, it must have been sun glare. That happened to me once. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Making excuses for him. It's a good friend. Yeah. He uh, they're swimming along and, and something starts bubbling 
beneath the water all around them. And a series of large fish breach the water and leap all around them in the water. And, and, and riding on the backs of these fish are these scaly fishmen with tridents. Yeah, I kind of like these guys. These little weird fish dudes. Uh, they rise up and encircle Jack and the Scotsman. And the Scotsman says, fishmen, I don't like fishmen. <laughs> No reason why no, necessarily. Pretty, just pretty aggressive right them. off the bat. Yeah. Um, the lead fishman starts talking in like these burbles and gurgles that are very funny and also disgusting. <laughs> yep. Uh, each time he speaks, these little bubbles float up out of his mouth. It's yeah, very very gross, but very cute at the same time. Um, the Scotsman doesn't understand this fish language, but Jack Brent seems to speak the language for some reason. Yeah. Do we think that's uh Jack that like he, he retained that from Jack or do we think that's a, specifically a Brent skill? Like Jack wouldn't know how to do that, but Brent does. It seems it, I, I would guess that it was some sort of, yeah, recessed Jack skill, mm-hmm. like lodged in his brain. Uh, Cause there's not really a lot of knowledge going on in, <laughs> on the Brent side of this equation. Yeah. I was pretty surprised when Brent started translating. I, I, I'm not sure where he picked that up. Uh, all he knows is fine dining and breathing. <laughs> and even um, one of those, he's only got a loose grasp on. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, he uh, he's translating and says that the fishman heard the explosion and uh, the lead fishman addresses the rest of them and they all cheer in unison and uh, – Jack Brent says, uh, this guy who looks exactly like me passed by on a boat some time ago and helped save their undersea kingdom from Aku. And uh, they wanted a chance to thank him, but he had left in his boat right away before they ever got that chance. Mm-hmm. A very typical action by the Samurai Jack that we know, but it yep. is funny to hear Jack talking about his role as like the unwanting savior in such a blunt way. Yeah. <laughs> it is funny to like just yeah have him address that whereas as Jack himself would probably not even know that that's a thing that he does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um yeah they thank him directly even though he's continually continuously saying that uh, he's not the guy he that they think he is. Um, the Scotsman is, is still more frustrated that Jack has lost his memory. Uh, the fishmen gurgle once more and then uh, dive and swim away. So they thanked Jack, but didn't really kind of help them out of this situation. <laughs> I kind of took it as because Brent kept saying that he wasn't Jack. They were like, oh, must not actually be him. All right, bye. <laughs> Or, or I guess he still doesn't want anything from mm. us, so we'll we'll kind of just let him be. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, that's him, typical Jack. That's just that's the Jack that we we know. That guy's great. This Brent guy, I don't know. Um, the the Scotsman keeps swimming away. They they finally reach land, and uh, Jack Brent tries to take off by himself, but the Scotsman won't let him. Uh, says that uh, he needs to fix his memory and find his sword. And uh, this is a lot for Jack Brent to sort of take in all at once. Yeah, he seems pretty upset about it. Yeah, he's not he's not down for or whatever the Scotsman's got planned for him. Um, 
the Scotsman yells right in his face and and says he's going to find his brain and then uh, jam it back inside of his head, he says. <laughs> he's, he's getting a little aggressive about it. Yeah, he's getting annoyed. He doesn't like this game anymore. <laughs> um, Jack Brent, he's not sure. You know, he's, he's like, how are we going to find it? Jack Brent is not easy to say, Brendan. I'm trying no, really hard. I know. <laughs> but it's appropriate. I can't call him Jack because in this moment, you know, it's not really the truth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I kind of I feel like we really dropped the ball by not just pretending we didn't know that he was Jack until the, the actual reveal. And we just acted like he was this Brent guy. (laughs) Who's Brent? I like Brent. Brent's a really (laughs) bold new direction for the show. Bring back Brent. They had to spice things up in the later seasons. (laughs) How are we going to save the show from being canceled? Let's bring on a new character, Brent. The kids will love him. Yeah, he's got that cool SoCal surfer lifestyle going on. (laughs) Brah. The uh, Scotsman thinks, you know, what their next move is and, and then sees a big red scar on uh, Jack Brent's chest. And he immediately knows exactly what creature is responsible for this. It's some creature called the Tango Beast. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sounds awesome. Yeah, a, a cool name right off the bat. And he knows exactly where to find this beast. And uh, Jack Brent tries to walk away, but the Scotsman grabs him and lifts him up on his shoulders and off they go on an adventure. Um, they journey through the night through the mountains uh, to this big spooky cave. And the Scotsman asks if Jack remembers this, uh, to which he complains and says, like, I'm Brent, okay? (laughs) He's getting annoyed now, too. The Scotsman wants to reenact the fight, but he wants Samurai Jack to fight the beast to try to, like, trigger something inside of him. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, but Jack has left the building at this point. Brent is not going to be suited for this particular fight or any fight. Really. No, it didn't work last time. I don't know why the Scotsman thinks it's going to work this time. <laughs> Brent is kind of good for nothing. Um, and But the Scotsman doesn't doesn't really realize that yet. He pulls out like some little plant from his fanny pack that lures the beast out of its cave. Um, and he's big. Red eyes shine through the dark cave, and then a big old Dr. Seuss beast slithers out and roars. Yeah, I like this guy. It's kind of an odd, like, furry dragon, yeah, with, like, striped Dr. Seuss colors and, like, goat horns. There's kind of a lot going mm-hmm. on with this yeah. dude. Yeah, it's a little over-designed. But actually, you know what? It kind of looks like the when uh, Daffy Duck turns into that weird monster with, like, the, uh, the flag on its tail. Kind of reminds me of that. That's a good call. Yeah. Yeah. Jack Brent faints at the sight of this creature, <laughs> so he's just fucking useless. Uh, the beast lunges towards the Scotsman, and he just fucking slugs it once right on the chin and knocks it out. <laughs> no fear. Um, grabs it by its whiskers and drags it over to Jack Brent's unconscious body and uh, asks the beast if he's ever seen Jack before. To which the beast responds in a human voice. Yep. Out with it. Okay, okay, just don't hurt me. All right, it was a few moons ago, okay? I was terrorizing this town until one night he came along and, uh, well, we had a, you know, a confrontation. Uh, He beat me. And then we started talking and he showed me the root of my problem, that I was attacking the village to make myself feel better. To compensate for a lack of self-esteem. You're playing with me, Tango. No, no, it's the truth. I I I feel great now. I got my old job back. I'm going out more. I I wash. Jack gave him some life counseling sessions. (laughs) 
<laughs> this fight with Jack, yeah, was the turning point in his life. So really, he's he's forever indebted to this man. This <laughs> is a really funny idea about like a giant beast living in a cave. Like this is this is yeah, the yeah. motivation that he needed. It's a good bit. It's a very good bit. Um, but the Scotsman is fed up with that bit in this whole conversation. <laughs> he says, which way did Jack go? And the beast points in a direction and the Scotsman walks off. Um, travels through the mountains with Jack Brent slung over his shoulder. And uh, he wakes up after his fainting spell and asks what happened. The Scotsman tells him, uh, oh, the beast's stench knocked you out. And again, he says, you know, that happened to me once. So like he's still trying to give him like a little bit of credit. Yeah, it's very nice of him. He's a very, very kind man. Yeah, a good a good friend who doesn't want to see Jack's, you know, reputation Mm -hmm. besmirched in any way, even though nobody else is around. (laughs) Um, Yeah, they uh, they're walking along and they spot some square sandal tracks in the dirt (laughs) to which Brent says, "Ugh." sandals (laughs) you wear sandals the scotsman says back (laughs) yeah and he says never it's funny you know they're taking like every opportunity they can to like have jack like address like his own flaws and quirks they Uh, did also have the scotsman rip on his new outfit earlier on too he's like i see you changed your outfits you got tired of wearing your grandma's pajamas (laughs) yes still he'll never let him wear or or live that one down (laughs) Um, that's his favorite insult of Jack. Um, yeah, they keep walking along and they arrive at this big industrial shipping port and, uh, it cuts to commercial and cuts back. And the Scotsman calls this place, uh, hex bucket. Mm -hmm. It's a kid's show, Brendan. Yep. Yep. What? So hell's bucket. What does that even mean though? I still, I still wouldn't. Well, I don't know. Hell's Kitchen is a thing, so it's like they tried to simplify yeah. it down to a, a, sing, a single bucket. bucket. Yeah, just the bucket. What kind of bucket? What do they put in that bucket, I wonder? Hell's Bucket seems like kind of a yucky place to hang out in. <laughs> Probably. Though. There's some uh, interestingly named bars here as well, which oh, we will yeah. get to. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Um, there's a Star Wars reference he uh, refers to this place. He says, uh, you will never find a more wretched hive of scum and villainy. And then he says, and the crab cakes aren't bad either. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I thought that was pretty good. Uh, they're really leaning heavily into the Star Wars in this episode, like I mentioned earlier. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, they walk through these dirty city streets. There's lots of wacky street vendors selling stuff. One guy literally says, Really disgusting worms for sale. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Truth in advertising, at least. Yeah, you, you can't fault the guy. You know exactly what yeah. you're getting. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's very silly. And, and Jack Brent is kind of disgust, disgusted by this whole scene. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, the Scotsman is showing off Jack to everyone in town like Jack is Squidward wearing a salmon suit. Yep. Um, but nobody recognizes Jack. Uh, there's some fun characters though, that he shows him off to. There's a snake charmer, uh, charming a snake that rises up out of a basket. I really liked this one. Yeah. Yeah. The Scotsman shows the, uh, shows Jack to the snake, which spits directly into <laughs> Jack's face. It's poison right in his eye. <laughs> Killing him instantly. <laughs> and that's it. That's how Jack dies. Um, 
Some guy that I wrote down, uh, the only notes that I had for him is Mitch Hedberg. Huh. Yeah, I, I, I might, that might have been a stretch. I'd have to go check again. I, I, you're probably not wrong, but I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't looking for it. Uh, there's a baby. He just shows him to a baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, and another guy who I'm referring to as Mr. Monopoly. He shows him off to. Yep. Yep. So the gang's all here. Uh, Brendan, I don't know if you noticed this. He shows Samurai Jack off to uh, a couple of kids on the street. Do you recognize these kids? I didn't know. You want to know who it is? This is going to blow your mind. I do. And this is not the first time that these kids have blown your mind on this podcast. Okay. It's the little blonde boy and his sister from the Aku infection. Do you I, remember when yeah, yep, we're in that I dark space? I thought you were going to say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is those characters, but they've been palette swapped. So he's not a little blonde boy anymore. I think he's got red hair. Ah, uh, mm-hmm. But it is the exact same characters. I went back and... and Checked in that episode just to make sure. Nice. Very good. <laughs> so they've Recycling reused assets, these characters. Yeah. Uh, the characters that's, <laughs> you know, we, we kind of wondered why the little blonde boy was included in Jack's uh, heart castle montage. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it turns out, you know, maybe he was a bigger part of the show than we realized. Yeah. Now, I'm starting to think episodes. That, now I'm starting to think that he's going to be like a big character in the end. It's going to be like a big reveal. Like he was Zaku the whole time. Watching Jack. He's the ticket home. He's Jack's ticket home mm-hmm. in the past somehow. Yeah. He's got all the answers. He's got to be related somehow. He just keeps popping up everywhere. Yeah. Um, I think it's likely. Well, I mean, you've never seen season five, so I don't, I don't want to speak about it any longer. <laughs> um, but get ready for, for a real fun trip. <laughs> all right. Um, Jack Brent has had enough of this, uh, but the Scotsman hears a ruckus coming from a dirty dive bar down the street with a big old sign that says the stinking hole. That's the most disgusting bar I've ever heard of. A fine establishment. You can trust any refreshments or, or sort of <laughs> from the meals that you might hole. get in the stinking hole. The stinking hole, Brendan, perhaps a better <laughs> and more appropriate name for this podcast that we've been making. <laughs> Is it too late to rebrand? 45 episodes so. in. Yeah, people will, I, it, it might, yeah. We talked about truth in advertising with the disgusting worms. Um, you know, if people see the stinking hole, mm-hmm. they'll, they'll really be prepped for what we deliver to them on a weekly basis. <laughs> I think so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, seems that seems only fair for us to do. Um, but Scotsman, <laughs> he's excited to go into the stinking hole and uh, <laughs> burst through the swinging door. Are you, are you going to be okay with what I just fine. said? Yeah, it's okay, fine. Good. Move along quickly. <laughs> He bursts through the swinging door and loudly asks if anyone has ever seen Jack before and holds him up to the crowd. Uh, All the surly patrons in this bar go silent. And yeah, they have seen Jack before uh, because they look over at this gigantic wanted poster on the wall with Jack's face. It's like three stories tall. It takes up like an entire side of the building. It's like the biggest thing we've ever seen on this show (laughs) is the wanted poster of Jack in this bar. Yeah. The Scotsman has blown his cover immediately and uh, realizes his error as everyone gets up and draws their weapons, like trying to move in on Jack. Um, the Scotsman suggests that they put their guns down and all share a cup of tea, mm-hmm. uh, which is a weird sequence because they all get like startled and then like narrow their eyes at him. And he's like, oh, I guess you don't like tea. 
Yeah, I wonder if like Jack had gone through there before and was drinking tea and he think or they think that like the Scotsman's making fun uh, of them or something. Some kind of yeah. They they've got bad yeah. flashbacks to I thought Jack it was weird. Tea. That, yeah, exactly. I thought it was even weird that the Scotsman would suggest tea. Like that doesn't seem to be his MO. No, yeah, I think he might want to share a flagon of ale. Yeah. Which might be more up these these bar patrons alley. Um, but, uh, he says, all right, uh, that's fine. He holds Jack aloft in one hand and then draws his big ass magic sword in the other hand and does a very funny thing where he sheathes Jack in the the sheath across his back. So we see Jack's little dangling legs kicking up from the end of the holster on his back while he's got his sword drawn. It's very, very silly. Mm Mm-hmm. And then Jack's like protesting throughout the scene, but it's all muffled. It's all muffled. So all you hear is, and then the Scotsman (laughs) going like, yeah, I know it'll be over soon. (laughs) Yeah. Having a full conversation with him. It's a good bit. Um, Brendan, I, I mean, I, what can you say? The Scotsman rules. Mm -hmm. He's Mm -hmm. great. He lets out a big bellowing roar and leaps into battle. Uh, we talk about this each time we see him, but it is fun to see like his brutal, destructive fighting style as compared to Jack's like much more sophisticated precision. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Scotsman just comes in and starts swinging away. Yeah. Blasting through fools and laughing all the way as he does it. Um, he is, yeah, certainly much more chaotic than Jack is. So it's fun to have this energy each time he joins us on the show. He just blows through these fucking fools while Jack continues to struggle in the sheath on his back. (laughs) Um, it's a very long su- sequence of him, yeah, obliterating robots and, and laughing along. Uh, he draws another grenade from his fanny pack and sets it off as he runs from the building, which explodes behind him. <laughs> it's, it's a pretty cool shot, too. It's like the typical action shot of the cool guy running away from the explosion. But we see the sign on the bar, the stinking hole one more time before it's engulfed in flame. That's the end. The end of the stinking hole. The stinking hole has become inflamed. He really blew out that uh, stinking hole. <laughs> uh, I'll try to think of one more before we get to the end of the episode. <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, yeah. He tumbles away from the explosion into the street directly in front of this little squat old fisherman with a big bulbous red nose who immediately upon the Scotsman landing in front of him, he's like, hey, you want to hear a story? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Can I catch my breath? <laughs> this guy really wants to tell somebody this story. He's been dying to do it. It seems like there's only one, really the only one person in this universe who would have listened to his story. Um, and we find out that that, that, that was <laughs> did the case. happen. Yeah. <laughs> did actually happen. Um, the Scotsman is not interested in hearing the story and the man continues to try to sell him on it. But the Scotsman starts like threatening him. <laughs> yep. Um, he agrees to hear the title of the story, to which the man says, The Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. And the Scotsman very quickly and curtly says, I've heard it. <laughs> yeah. Not I, definitely I'm, not true. No. I'm, I'm kind of interested to hear this story, though. It sounds when the way he was selling it, he kept like adding elements. It's got an albatross in it. <laughs> like, ooh. Oh, wow. Now I'm on board. An albatross, you say. Spooky, triumphant, sexy. <laughs> All right. Uh, maybe, yeah, we'll get to hear that on a different episode of the show. Um, he lets Jack out of the holster on his back and, and places him in front of the man. 
Uh, Brent comes to play, and the first words out of his mouth are, gosh, you're like really, really old. Yeah, rude. What the fuck, Brent? <laughs> Why would you say that? You say that to a stranger you just met on the street? <laughs> I don't know. Brent's had a bit of a rough day. Yeah, that's true, I guess. He's a bit confused. He's taking it out on others, though, and that's that's, <laughs> that's a destructive behavior. He's going to mm-hmm. see a therapist about that, I think. Um, the fisherman, though, he, he recognizes Jack, um, which the Scotsman immediately, like, leaps on that detail. Like, finally, another lead. Mm-hmm. Um, the fisherman says that Jack listened to his story and says that he actually really liked it, which may or may not be true. Yeah. I can believe that Jack would have been, like, polite enough to be like, oh, that was great. Yeah, he might have embellished how much he enjoyed the story a bit. Yeah, clapped for him. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, Jack would have done something like that, but Brent cannot believe that anyone would have liked this guy's story because Brent is really being an asshole. Because Brent's point. a huge douchebag. Uh, the fisherman says that Jack was looking to hire a boat, and uh, the ma- he again tries to like start telling the story, but the Scotsman bolts away. With Jack Brent immediately. Oh, good call, yeah. Unfortunately, yeah, we'll just have to make up that story on our own. <laughs> Maybe that'll be our bonus episode is you and me will write uh, the rhyme of the ancient mariner <laughs> based on the details that we got from this this man's description ahead of time. Sounds good. Yeah, we'll figure out something good. Um, it cuts to them in uh, a shop, like a map making shop or something. I'm not really mm-hmm. sure kind of what this I think there was a sign is. on the outside of it. It was like the chart, the chartery, like it helps you chart your courses yeah. or something. Ye old chart shop. I'm not sure what's going on, um, but there's a big ass map of the ocean on the wall of the shop. And uh, this old cartographer standing on like a sliding ladder um, describing the area that they're in and kind of detailing like the many possible routes that Jack could have taken when he set sail from this fishing port. Um, the Scotsman thinks about it and then asks where uh, fishmen might live in this ocean because he knows that Jack has at least been that way. So if he can kind of like put those pieces together, yep. he might be able to move on from there. Um, the man slides over on the ladder to a spot in the sea. Uh, the fishman domain... Um, which I would, would like to hang out there a little bit longer, but we don't actually get a chance to do that in this episode, which no. is a pretty big letdown. Unfortunate, yeah. Um, but right above that is uh, this big spot in the ocean that is just labeled as the Great Unknown. <laughs> yep. Which naturally the Scotsman knows right away, yep, this is exactly where we need to go. That's gotta be it. <laughs> <laughs> no other explanation Jack would have loved this shit. <laughs> he eats it up. Um, everyone's objecting. The the old man is objecting. Brent is objecting. Nobody wants to go except for the Scotsman. And, you know, the Scotsman's in. He's in control now. So whatever mm. he says goes. The old man kind of gives the Scotsman some attitude here, though. When the Scotsman asks, like, oh, what's there in the great unknown? He goes, it's unknown. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing I can tell you. you it would be idiot. written on this map. <laughs> yeah. You fool. This is my livelihood we're talking about. <laughs> I don't ask you uh, how to make a haggis. <laughs> probably better off not knowing, though. Yeah, it's probably a nasty, not. nasty thing. Um, 
they uh, they need to hire a vessel to go off to the great unknown. So uh, they find a gang of pirates down by the docks, and uh, they're speaking with the captain of this pirate ship, who some are calling the most ill-fitting voice to character choice ever made on this show. <laughs> who said that? I I think thought it everyone. was so funny when this guy started talking. I it, it's you're you're not wrong. It it was. Uh, like whiplash when he started speaking, but I love the way the captain talks. Just, uh, it's like, I go, he's like, Oh, how fast is the ship? And he goes fast enough for you, Scott's man. <laughs> <laughs> A very cartoon network voice, <laughs> yeah. like consistent with the time, but definitely not consistent with the character that we're looking at, which is like stereotypical pirate captain, like yeah. parrot on the shoulder. Captain crunch uh, without the facial hair. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And your impression there was spot on. It's just like <laughs> just a very, very odd choice. I loved uh, it. But very, very funny. Did you there was something weird about this guy's face though? I don't know if you picked up on it. It looks like they reanimated his mouth in the show. Like if you're watching the top part of his head, there's like a seam right like on his cheekbone where it looks like the top isn't being animated, but the bottom part is, and like that seam kind of like jumps around a little bit as if they animated over it. Something funky's going on with that. I didn't notice exactly this, but it's funny you chose the word funky because this man kind of has like a Donkey Kong thing going <laughs> he on. It does, yeah. Where like his entire head is like surrounded by brown fur, it <laughs> yeah. looks like. Um the yeah, the pirate ship captain, such an odd character. He's so good. I love that character. We don't spend a ton of time with him, but like it was <laughs> like many weird choices uh from top to bottom. With this this scurvy dog, um, the Scotsman tells them, you know, we need to sail out into the great unknown. Um, the captain says it's going to be expensive, and uh, Jack Brent is protesting this cost that they're going to have to pay. But the Scotsman throws down this big ass golden nugget as payment, the size of which uh, is misleading until we see it again later. Yes. It looks like a pretty decently sized nugget in the Scotsman's hand, but we'll see it again later. And it is bigger than the captain's head. He's got these big ass, you know, bear paws. (laughs) So anything is his hand would look miniature. Um, But yeah, we'll 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 kind of correct that soon enough. Uh, They set sail out through the seaport out into the mysterious ocean as episode 45 comes to an end and the words to be continued flash across our screen. Watch out. <laughs> no, Brendan, not oh, yet. Shit. We're doing it all. <laughs> We're doing it all. Oh, shit. Episode 46 is here. Uh, and it starts with a previously on mm-hmm. and recaps the events of last week's episode. Or, you know, not yeah, really. It all happened the last in one episode. Night. Yeah. yeah. The uh, stuff I, we just talked about. I kind of like how they do it, though, because they rapid fire and they do it out of order. And it shows like every one of the people that the Scotsman shows Jack to in the town. Uh, and we get to see the snake spit in his face again. We do get to have that moment one more time. I think we get to see the little blonde or redheaded boy do, and his sister yep. now. So all of our best friends. We get <laughs> at least just one more fleeting moment with them. And it's 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 a beautiful time. Um. It uh, the episode starts with them, yeah, again sailing away out of this dirty harbor, and uh, it's showing their progress on like a big map of the ocean with a little line tracking along, mm-hmm. like the Muppets. Yeah, as you as you've seen in many television shows in the past, mm-hmm. 
Um, they sail past a big sea serpent that's on the map, and there's a superimposed shot uh, over the map of the Scotsman punching the serpent in the face. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't give a shit. He's got this big sword, but he chooses, yeah, like the the one punch. So the Scotsman is the one punch man of the Samurai Jack <laughs> yeah, universe. I can see that. Uh, He's he did, proven that to be true. He did make mention of it earlier in the the stinking hole when he says, you're right, I shouldn't dull my blade on these people. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, big magical blade. You got to you got to take care of that thing. Why waste it on chumps? <laughs> Whatever's going to get the job done. Um, Yeah, there's more shots of them as they're sailing along of him, like talking to Jack, like seemingly trying to like wake him up out of his current state. Um, they sail into like some rocky seas, like the boat is going over like these gigantic waves. Um, they could have really used Samurai Jack in his right state of mind, you mm-hmm. know, thanks to all of his Viking ship training that we saw him doing in the opening montage. Yeah, he could sail a boat. He might have been able to navigate these waters for them, you know, maybe a <laughs> little more effectively than they did. Although they seem to turn out okay, so I guess not not necessary. Yeah, nothing really goes wrong here. They uh, sail past the fishmen's domain into the great unknown. And uh, the pirate captain is observing the still waters of the sea before them. And it's uh, eerily calm, which he remarks on in his really like regular, (laughs) regular dude voice. (laughs) I love Um, him so much. He's just he's just really weird. Um, the Scotsman is standing there with the captain and uh, the helmsman and uh, Jack Brent cheerily brings them some cold drinks, which they sip down through Aku shaped straws. Yeah, uh, I was going to bring that up earlier. He when Brent gives the Scotsman a drink on the other boat, it has that in it as well. But the Scotsman does not use it. So I assumed that it was like some kind of like stir or uh, right. like an umbrella, like a garnish of some sort. But then they drink straight through it. So now I don't know what to think. Oh, you know, sometimes you're in the mood for a straw. Sometimes you're not. You know, if you're trying to save the planet, you might like uh, (laughs) forego the straw. Or is it like drinking through one of those little red like stirrer straws that you can get? I can't do that. No? You know? I I could when I was little. I haven't tried in a long time. I mean, I, I... I physically can do that. <laughs> it's not, it's not a, it's not an impossible task. For you just, me, you just like keep I, plugging it up with your tongue. <laughs> exactly. I, I can't figure this damn thing out. <laughs> How does this work? Do I blow on I, it? I never learned suction. <laughs> um, no, I don't know. It's just, you get one of those little things in there. Like I'm not going to take an hour and a half to suck an entire drink out of this tiny little red <laughs> straw. If it's like I'm a just going to take the straw out. It. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, I'd be exhausted by the time I was done with it. My <laughs> lips would hurt. Um, yeah, they they drink down these these drinks as they're looking out over the still waters and uh, they sail into this big foggy cloud, which kind of comes out of nowhere and then covers up their boat. So the great unknown is finally starting to uh, reveal itself to them to make itself known. Would you say yeah, now we we know the great unknown more than we did a moment ago. Turns out it's fog. Yeah, it's just fog. That's all it is. Yeah, it's it's unknown because they couldn't see what was going on around them. Nothing sinister. Just, you know, no, hard to, it's hard to see out there. Got to get a lighthouse or something. <laughs> yeah, they're sailing through this this cloud and it's very quiet at first, but then 
the sound of singing female voices starts to grow from the distance Mm -hmm. somewhere beyond the sea somewhere waiting for me (laughs) very good um the captain and his crew they kind of look around at where this noise is coming from but then each of them are taken over uh by some sort of trance and their eyes go green and spirally Mm -hmm. and like they all have like blank expressions on their faces as as they become ensnared in some kind of mind trap yep and things get a little more clear for all of us now uh, because Jack Brent is also taken over by this sound. Uh, We see his eyes are all spirally and he's got a big smile on his face at the beautiful music. Um, And it cuts to the Scotsman who is frowning and completely unaffected by this music and is the only person on this boat who is unaffected by this music. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. He's got something to say about it. <laughs> He's actually yeah, physically bothered by the music. And yeah, you're right, Brendan. He does have a comment to make about the music. Um, he says that it sounds like someone stepping on a cat, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is a reference that I think we've we've heard earlier on this show. I think a f- listener email that we yep. got. I was unfamiliar this. with it before they did. So I'm glad they said something. They were 10 steps ahead of us. They were, Yeah, they were way ahead. Quoting the Scotsman's later lines on the show. <laughs> so good on them. Um, he hears multiple voices singing out, and he says, it actually sounds like someone's stepping on a lot of cats. <laughs> uh, the Scotsman's taste in music is questionable at best, but this is, you know, like the most, one of the more appropriate character choices they could have made is for him to, like, actively dislike this. It's not even like some kind of magical power that he has or he's like covering his ears. He's hearing this music. It just does like it. It (laughs) it does nothing for him. (laughs) Um, The captain commands the helmsman uh, towards the music and uh, the Scotsman thinks they've all gone crazy, uh, but looks over at Jack again, also in this trance and he, uh, the Scotsman smiles as he realizes he's getting closer to the answers he's been looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, and an island starts to form through the fog in the distance. And uh, it's basically, what is it, Skull Island from King Kong? It's got like a big-ass rock face right yeah. in the middle of the mountain. I think Peter Pan has a cave like that, too. Yeah, yeah. Basically the exact same aesthetic. This big rock face like a big craggy mountain on an yep. island in the middle of the ocean. Um, as they get closer and closer, there are lots of like abandoned ships and demolished ships that are lining the shore. Mm-hmm. Um, not so much a situation where they were dashed against the rocks like we've seen in other like siren stories, mm-hmm. but like they landed here and then weren't returned to, it right. seems like. Yep. They land on shore. Uh, The captain in his trance, he just says, tribute. (laughs) His crew carries countless treasure chests off the boat in a single file line and marches into the rocky island. Um, And yeah, just like you said, Brendan, he's carrying that big ass golden nugget, which is much, much, much larger in his hands than it was in the Scots. Yeah, I was actually surprised when I saw it. I was like, oh. That is because the the way that he pulled it out in the last episode was that it was worth like at least 10,000 gold or coins or something. Right. 
Uh, and I was like, oh, that's a sizable chunk of gold, but it is massive. Yeah, it's it's much more than it was originally seemed to be mm-hmm. to us uh, men with not gigantic baseball mitt hands like the Scotsman. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, they they walk in uh, in this trance carrying their treasures. Uh, the Scotsman makes fun of Jack and calls him zombie boy, which I think is kind of funny. Mm-hmm. He gets a lot of free shots in on <laughs> Jack in this episode while he's not himself. Um, yeah, they walk into a cave that's formed in the ear of the big rock face. Another fun touch. Mm-hmm. Um, they enter into this big chamber filled with mounds of gold and treasure. Uh, and standing high above this room on a raised platform, beckoning the pirate crew in, there are three voluptuous sirens belting out <laughs> their tune. Yep, three of the most sexualized characters we've seen in this show. It's really remarkable. By far, and, yeah. And <laughs> I had a note on that in a minute, but yeah, they are they are like very highly sexualized and like drawn like in very seductive poses and wearing mm-hmm. like kind of like revealing outfits. Yep, yep, just like <laughs> bras and panties. One Pretty of them's much. in like hot shorts. Yeah. Um I had written down that they are a, a spectral version of Destiny's Child. <laughs> That's fair. I wonder that could be what they were going for. 2003, yeah, I mean, Destiny's Child, I think, was still a going concern at that point. It's a very dated reference for someone listening to this show in 2000, or two, 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, yeah, maybe at the time, that's what they were going for. And it's what I wrote down. I, you know, my <laughs> references are dated. We're sticking with it. Yeah. <laughs> we're getting old. <laughs> um, yeah, the three sirens... Uh, if you hadn't figured it out already, they're the ones responsible for everything going on here and luring all these people in to give them their treasure. What do they need the treasure for? I'm, I'm not really sure. I don't know what really their whole goal is. It doesn't seem like they eat anyone because it looks like everyone else who's are, been here is still here. Yeah, seems totally fine. Yeah. It doesn't seem like they yeah have anything to spend the, the money on. Because they can never stop singing or else the spell will be broken. So they're mm. always here. Um, they just like to, you know, have it for yeah. show. It's like, you know, any kind of mythical creature that that hoards treasures and gold, like like Smaug. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what does Smaug need all the tra- the treasure for? He wants know? it. For sleeping he does. on he does have like a, I think a big monologue about how much he likes it. So if, if anyone is a believable treasure lover, it would be Smaug. <laughs> yep. You want me to say Smaug again? Yeah, one more time. Smaug. Smaug. The pirates lumber in and place their treasures down and then just sit themselves down on these big piles of gold. Mm-hmm. Um, the Scotsman looks around in the room and yeah, just like you said, uh, the other visitors that were ensnared by the siren song have not yet perished. Uh, we're seeing crews from lots of other ships uh, that have fallen into the same trap. Um, there's more pirates. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's like a bunch of Vikings that are here. Um, there's like some of those fun like French sailors in red and white striped shirts with little berets. <laughs> yeah. There's some robots that are here, which I'm not really sure how that works vis-a-vis 
being entranced by the siren song. That's a good point. I didn't even question it. Yeah, I, I'm not really sure about the biology of that particular <laughs> ship crew, but we'll let it slide, I guess. Um, the final shot that we're given is uh, the cast of The Love Boat. Yep, sure is. <laughs> Which is another one of those things that's like a fun like Easter egg for the makers of this show who are old enough to know what The Love Boat <laughs> is. Like, I don't even hardly know what the love boat is. <laughs> See, I, um, I knew that I recognized them when I saw them and I had to look it up later to be like, is that the love boat? Sure enough. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what it was. <laughs> I think they were just thinking of, yeah, like fun. Like, what are fun, famous things about like crews of boats? I feel like they really missed out on the opportunity to have like Gilligan there as well then. They could have. Yeah. Although, you know, the majority of their much. time, they weren't on a boat. They were. That's true. They were on the island. They were very bad at being on a boat. It didn't, yeah, the, the brief time that they spent together, uh, boat, boat word, uh, did not end well for them. Um, that's what you say when you're on a boat, your, your boat word. I believe so. Yeah. As a seasoned captain, I would say that's correct. I matey. <laughs> yar. I played a better Waker. job than that captain guy. My God. <laughs> uh, yar. <laughs> y- yar, Scots man. I matey. Shiver me timbers, Scots man. <laughs> um, yeah, the gang's all here. The cast of the love boat, they're hanging out. Uh, Scotsman has had enough of all this bullshit. So you're the cause of all this racket. Nice thing you got going here. Turning people into mindless zombies with a sound of gun gaga yak. One seems to resist. And uh, yeah, they they strike a much sexier pose that goes well beyond this TV show's TV Y7 rating. <laughs> yep. Yeah, they do. And they're drawn like that, like meme of like the, the anime, the way people draw anime characters, like the where are their organs meme. Yeah, it <laughs> seems seems impossible. You know, like pencil thin bodies. stomachs. <laughs> yeah, they've completely contorted themselves to sick their tits and ass like as far <laughs> out as they possibly can. Uh, Impressive, really. Lots of booty tooching going on from these <laughs> these sirens right now, um, which is one of the least effective tactics possible when dealing with the one, the only, the Scotsman. <laughs> yep. Doesn't work on him at all. No, this is a man who cannot be tempted by such things, uh, especially when we know, you know, what he's got going on at home. <laughs> yeah. Um, which he does reference. <laughs> he says, you know, he insults their singing some more and dreamily describes his own wife's uh, angelic singing. Uh, he goes on about that for a long time. I, it's, it's, you gotta just imagine that it's, some pretty brutal tunes coming out of that woman. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I was like, it's too bad we never heard it. Now I'm interested. Yeah. We may get a chance at some point, but um, yeah, I don't think it's everything that the Scotsman is cracking it up to be in this moment. <laughs> Unlikely. Based on his other descriptions of her that turned out to be <laughs> less than accurate. Kind of take what he says and, and just do the opposite. <laughs> With that said, I would love to see the Scotsman's wife again. She's a great character. Mm-hmm. Um. The uh, 
Sirens kind of like side eye each other, unsure exactly what to do with the Scotsman and how to handle this situation. I think this is a first for them. Mm-hmm. Um, he shows Jack to the sirens and asks what they did to him. And uh, they sing back to him that Jack showed up here and was causing a bunch of trouble and was trying to free the brainwashed slaves. So it does seem like Jack put, was also like somehow impervious to like something. Yeah. Or at but least part of the siren song. Cause they had something else that they were able to do to him. Also presumably through song. <laughs> yes. Yes. They, they say that they sang him a song that robbed him of his mind and turned him into a fool forever. That is say. it. Yep. The fool known as Brent Worthington. I wonder if they say that was part of their song. They were like, by the way, <laughs> you're Brent now. <laughs> and he went, cool, dude. <laughs> yeah, probably. It's probably exactly how it went down. It's probably exactly how it went. Yeah, that was a deleted scene. Um, you know, they, they, they robbed Jack of his mind and kept his treasure and they gesture over to his sword and his neatly folded gi sitting in the corner of the room. Not really sure why they needed the gi. Did they, and did they fold it or do you think he folded it? He might've done it. You know, he was kind of under their control. So that might've just been a, an extra <laughs> note in their song was like, Hey, by the way, fold that shit up. <laughs> We're trying to be presentable in here. We don't live in a barn. <laughs> Put your clothes away. Wash the dishes. <laughs> uh, the Scotsman is pissed. He and uh, n- the HBO Max subtitles cannot possibly keep up with the near profanities flying from his mouth right now. Yeah. And yeah, this is this is the end of the line for him. He points his gun leg up at them and just unloads a full clip. Um, the sirens leap from their platform and starts scaling the walls and leaping around the room while singing One Winged Angel. <laughs> yeah, essentially, yeah. <laughs> I actually really like how they're providing the music for the scene. Yeah, the soundtrack is their, their yeah, they're singing together. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe they do throw in a uh, Sephiroth. <laughs> Just for fun. Yeah, a little nod. Um they start to lose their composure a little bit as the Scotsman is lobbing explosives at them as they run around the room. Mm-hmm. He's got like a lot of grenades. This is a grenade heavy episode yeah, for him. He, he's thrown already two to, or no, he probably threw already like four in this like yes. set of episodes. So he's just got like an infinite supply in that little fanny pack next to the giant chunk of gold. He's solid snake, um, but much less sneaky, <laughs> much more solid. It's <laughs> certainly solid. Yeah, not sl- slithery like a snake would be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the uh, sirens. Uh, hey, Brendan, how's this for fun? Uh, they The sirens change their tune. <laughs> that's pretty good, right? Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, you know, I got to have a little fun when I'm writing down these notes. <laughs> um, <laughs> they literally change their tune. Uh, and start singing a variation of their song, which activates their enslaved sailors hanging out in this room. Uh, and they start to encircle the Scotsman. He kind of feels bad because he knows they're not acting as themselves and tells them, you know, hey, I really don't want to hurt you guys. It's it's not me that's doing this to you. It's this, this music that you're listening mm-hmm. to. 
And a light bulb goes off for the Scotsman Brendan, and he knows exactly what he needs to do in this moment. And I'm so glad that this was the resolution of this particular fight. They really, oh, like, yeah. it's it's nice. And, and you know, we t- we've, again, mentioned here how, like, they could do a Scotsman TV show or, like, intermittent episodes of, like, Scotsman-heavy things where mm. he's the leading guy. Uh, this particular resolution to the plot line here proves that, like, they know how to write the Scotsman character. Yeah, yeah. This whole this whole ordeal was tailored for this uh, solution. Yeah. Um, it's the perfect plan that he comes up with. Uh, the music is what's entrapped these sailors. So he says, if it's music you want, get a load of me pipes. He busts out those bagpipes that we know and love, <laughs> draws a gigantic breath, and just starts wailing into the bagpipes. Yeah, he's as loud not really he playing can. anything. He's just like yeah. hitting notes. Yeah, just rapid fire. He's shredding the pipes. <laughs> uh, everyone in the room, including the sirens, has to uh, cover their ears at the sound of his shrill <laughs> bagpipes. Um, and as they do, the spirally eyes fight, fade away from Jack and everyone else in the room. Um, so Scotsman battling music with music has mm-hmm. found a solution. He's found a way out of this predicament. Um, the sirens leap up into the air and in a spiraling fiery formation, they morph themselves into a flaming three eyed Hydra demon. Yeah, it looks uh, very much like a Tim Burton creature. It's got like the black and white stripes, like the uh, sandworms yeah. in uh, Beetlejuice. Yep. Yeah, they they definitely have that exact vibe going on. Yeah, these like long snake-like necks with like now like there are no longer beautiful faces attached to them, but like sharp tooth, like hideous demons from the underworld uh, kind of revealing their f- true form mm-hmm. to the Scotsman and everyone else. Although those three necks are still connected to a very curvy body. <laughs> yep. Yeah, they are. So at least that one part of them was true. Uh, You know, they still got it going on. (laughs) Um, The uh, Scotsman does not let up with his bagpipe tune, though. And uh, the beast encircles him and squeezes his body, which uh, he blows a little harder into the bagpipes in the struggle. Yep. I thought that was a nice touch. They're literally squeezing the wind out of him. There's only one place for it to be redirected into. Yep. <laughs> um, Jack Brent out of the tr- the trance that he was in looks over at uh, the sword and the gi sitting in the corner of the room. And he's thinking as hard as he can, which is really not easy for Brent to do. <laughs> And the camera zooms in on his eyes as they open up wide, and then he furrows his brow. And in Samurai Jack's voice, he says, I remember now. (laughs) Yeah, for some reason. (laughs) Jack's back. Uh, The Scotsman is about to meet his doom as the Hydra heads creep towards him, and uh, a mighty yell comes from off screen. And Samurai Jack, donning his signature gi, the, the waiter outfit is no longer uh, soars in with a sword held high above his head. And in a single swipe, he lobs off the three Hydra heads and the, the whole creature disappears in a cloud of smoke. Yeah, very easy. <laughs> Once he came back, it was over very quickly. 
There was no, yeah, no fight, just one attack, one and done. Um, seemed like maybe, yeah, he could have done this the first time instead of That's becoming what I was thinking. Brent. Uh, I, and, and with the the way the rest of the episode plays out, they really could have devoted some more time to the fight. <sighs> this is, <laughs> uh, Brendan, we'll talk about it. <laughs> uh, the Scotsman is thrilled to have his buddy Samurai Jack back and asks him how he's been. And Jack <laughs> in Brent's voice says like, totally cool. Yeah. Which implies that he remembers being Brent, but then in the very next scene, he acts like he doesn't remember it. How much does he remember? This is exactly my question. Like, yeah. does he remember all of the events that took I, place? But yeah, I don't think It doesn't so. seem like it. It seems like he remembers being Brent, but other than that, he doesn't remember what he did as Brent. Yeah, it, it raises a lot of questions about the state that he was in. So it's very um, impressive that a, a man from feudal Japan can do such a good surfer accent on command. Uh, Brennan, it's it's honestly like <laughs> as unsettling as it was earlier. Now that it is Jack looking like Jack and presumably thinking and being Jack again. Mm-hmm. Now hearing that voice coming out of him is like even worse. It's like even more cringeworthy yeah. for me. And it moment. kind of. I don't know if you felt this, but it kind of taints Jack's normal voice for the rest of the episode. Like it doesn't sound like Phil Lamar can quite find Jack's voice in the next yeah. like, conversations. Like something feels off about it. I did have a very similar feeling like it's a it's an odd episode. You know, you got to commend Phil Lamar for like being the same character, mm. but like doing, you know, the very different voice on purpose and. It does, it does, yeah, kind of seem like he had settled into a point where, like, he's doing this now, and then, yeah, trying to, like, re-find the Jack voice in a weird way. It's, it, yeah, I, I I did kind of pick up on the same thing. It's very kind of odd. Yeah. Jack it, is a little odd for the remainder of this episode, even though he's Jack again. There are a lot of things that are odd for the remainder of this episode. <laughs> it fades to commercial after this, Brendan, and... <laughs> Seems like a really good place to end the episode, I, right? I honestly thought it might. I was like, is this just going to be like a 15 minute episode? Maybe they'll do like a a short after this or something. But nope, there's more. It would have been appropriate. You know, the Scotsman saved the day. Jack's back. We're all good to go. Um, strap in, buddy. We have eight minutes left in this show. <laughs> uh, not our show. It's going to go longer than that. But uh, this is, yeah, the. Undeniably, my biggest problem with this particular two-parter is is, is what we f- have to do now for the rest of the episode. Um, Jack and the Scotsman walk out of the cave. The Scotsman, yeah, he's regaling Jack with the stories of the misadventures of Brent. <laughs> and Jack is laughing about how embarrassing these stories sound. So, yeah, again, raising the questions of, like, was he not conscious for yeah. any of this? I don't know. Confused. Um, their laughter is cut off by the sound of ship horns in the distance and all of the freed sailors that they just saved are leaving them behind. <laughs> yeah, including the ones that they chartered. Yeah, yeah. Even even those ones who they've already paid. Um, <laughs> and then everyone else who they saved from certain doom, they have stranded them on this island. Uh, the Scotsman is pissed about it. He's yelling at those boats for being ungrateful. And again, you know, the HBO Max subtitles admirably trying to keep up with what the Scotsman is saying, but just can't quite get it done. Um, he's mad at everyone for leaving him behind. Brandon, you know, 
never trust a pirate. Yeah, no, I'd be pretty pissed too. But that's on you. <laughs> it's you. You get you make a deal with a pirate. You're making a deal with the devil. Mm-hmm. It's like making a deal with Aku. You know, it's not going to go well for you. Yeah. Luckily, there's a rowboat on this island, uh, and Jack says he'll row them back to safety as thanks for the Scotsman saving him. But of course, as we've seen before, they try to out-polite each other, and uh, the Scotsman will not let Jack row, and instead he in, he instead insists that he will row the boat back. And this is the crux of the rest of the episode, Yep. is deciding who's <laughs> going to row the boat back. For some reason, this is how they <laughs> decided to wrap this one up. They had eight minutes left, and <laughs> what we've decided on is, yeah, figuring out who's going to row. So this is where I have a problem with the two-part episode. You could have probably condensed a lot of the stuff that we'd already seen in like the earlier portions of this part two. You probably could have cut out a lot of scenes from part one. Mm-hmm. There's a lot that you could have gotten rid of to make this one episode i it's like they had some sort of mandate that they had to make a two-part episode and then really had to stretch to fill time that's entirely possible uh i don't know why they wouldn't have just made the fight take longer like have brent yeah. get thrown around a little bit or something yeah if if they really wanted to make it two episodes they could have yeah leaned more into that um instead of what they decided to do here <laughs> I don't know. You could have cut out like the whole sequence with like the fishmen. Like that didn't really add much except for like helping explain like where Jack was. Yeah. And the, there was a lot of time spent walking around the town showing Jack to people. Yeah. Traveling uh, through the mountains uh, like overnight. Yeah. Watching watching the cartographer slide around on his ladder back and forth. The whole scene with the tango beast, even though it was kind of funny. It that was kind of was, funny. Like, but talking that- like a. Yeah. Completely None of that even really, yeah. <laughs> it didn't even really need to be in there. We could have got to the, the shipping city without that because we knew that Jack was sailing. So we could have just like skipped that step. Easily. Yeah, very easily. Um, but here we are. We've got the rest of the episode to talk about who's going to row. Oh, good. They need to have a contest to determine who will row. <laughs> the Scotsman picks up two rocks and says, whoever throws the rock furthest wins. And uh, he hurls his rock way out into the ocean <laughs> using his brutish Scotsman strength. Yep. And it goes real far. It goes very, very far. Um, when I played baseball as a younger lad, you know, they'd stick me in right field because I was a terrible fielder. Mm-hmm. And that's what you do with the worst fielder on the team. It's because uh, the ball any- doesn't go there. Exactly. Yeah. It, it, most kids are, are right handed. So if they pull the ball, which they're they're they tend to do, it will go to left field. Mm-hmm. So you want the right fielder uh, where where he might not see a lot of action. <laughs> um, I'm willing to admit that about myself. I was a good hitter. I hit some home runs, but fielding. Ooh, no, 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 no. Oh, I played a little bit of uh, that toy baseball on the clubhouse games on the switch the other day. And were you pretty good at that? No, very bad <laughs> yeah, at it either. Yeah, it's very tough. Uh, I didn't know you had that. We're going to have to talk about playing that off the pod. Yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, anytime the baseball would get like hit to me and I would have to throw it to home to try to like throw someone out, mm-hmm. uh, I would just fucking throw the ball as hard <laughs> as I could, which was not it's not the strategy because like, you know, I was kind of 
bigger for my age. So like had more strength than I think I realized. So without trying to like aim where I was throwing, I would just inevitably launch the ball into the backstop, like behind home plate, like (laughs) just throwing it as fucking hard as I could. Uh, not how that works. Um, yeah, the Scotsman, he hurls his rock way out in the ocean. It's very impressive. And it's Jack's turn. He may not have the raw strength of the Scotsman, but he's got a sharper mind, of course. Mm-hmm. He skips that stone across the water, which bounces dozens of times way, way, way beyond the Scotsman's yep. uh, stone's resting spot. It's very impressive how many times he skipped it, though. I, I was hoping that you kept count, but dozens will do. I did not have an exact count, uh, but it is extremely impressive. There's almost nothing more impressive IRL than someone who is really great at skipping stones. Mm-hmm. Brendan, I, you're a, we're, we're both men from rural areas of New Hampshire. Yep. Uh, I'm going to make an assumption about you right now on the podcast. You can shoot this down if you want to. This is something I've done before. And, you know, most of the time I, I've got a pretty good track record of sizing you up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brendan, you are either a man who is really good at skipping stones or someone who has put in a lot of time trying to be someone good at skipping stones and hasn't quite figured it out. Am I am I on the right track? Uh, yeah. Should I tell you which one? <laughs> yeah, either way. I, I all, all I'm saying is, is you're you're not a man who accepts that he's bad at skipping stones like I am. Uh, no, no, I'm actually pretty decent at it. I can't get I like it. 20 skips, but I can do a pretty good job. You're 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 a stone skipper if I've ever <laughs> yeah. seen one. It's all about finding the right stone. Uh, I'll just t- pick up any old stone and give it a shot. Yeah, that's not that's, how you do it. <laughs> that's my folly. Yeah. Over before it even began. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Good. I'm glad I was spot on on that one. You've got the look of a stone skipper. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure how to take that, but I'll. Choose to it's take good. it no, as a compliment. Yeah. yeah, accept it, please. I need this. This is a big <laughs> moment for our friendship. Um, <laughs> uh, Jack has won this battle, but the Scotsman will not accept the results and forces Jack through a series of challenges that make up the entirety of the rest of the episode. I've got them all written down here, Brendan. We might as well go through each and every single one. <laughs> all right, Next here we up. go. There's a race. Uh, They're going to run around the island and uh, the Scotsman tricks Jack and takes off first running as fast as he can. Um, There's a good sound of his gun leg clanking along as he runs. I actually have a bit of an issue with the sound effect because there are too many footsteps in it. Uh, He's Mm. got two two sounds for every time his like real human foot hits the ground and then one for every clunk. So there's I think. It sounds like there are three steps per stride. Interesting. And that that bothers me a little bit. But otherwise, I did like that they clunked it. (laughs) It's very clunky, very clanky. Um, And he's running as best he can. Uh, But Jack easily catches up with him and beats him to the finish line and stands there and waits a long time for the Scotsman to catch up, who is just sucking in wind as fast as he can as he limps across the line (laughs) much, 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 much later. Yep. Um, and actually, the Jack like walks up to the line smiling. And then after a second, his smile kind of fades. He goes, oh, I shit. thought they were going to do a bit where he has to like go save him. You all right, buddy? Yeah. You know what? You you really ought to let me row. You're not looking <laughs> yeah. so good. Um, 
No, the contest is not over. Uh, they have a jumping contest. Uh, they leap up to a branch in a tree, and uh, the Scotsman leaps up to see Jack is already sitting on that branch. And uh, Jack remarks to the Scotsman, he says, jump good. Oh, yeah, he does. And I love it. This is the first time that Jack, it's not the first time that Jack has jumped good Mm. since Jack learns to jump good, but it is the first time he has explicitly referenced his ability to jump good. Uh, Yeah, I'm I'm a huge fan. Love that. Scotsman is not a huge fan. He rolls his (laughs) eyes. Not into it. Um. They hurl spears into a tree and Jack splits the Scotsman's spear like Robin Hood's mm-hmm. arrow. I'm not really sure what the contest was in this particular sequence. No, like, I'm I, not sure what the parameters were. It didn't look like they were aiming for anything other than the tree. Just kind of uh, hucking them. Yeah, and neither of them like hit the center of the tree. So I no. don't really. Yeah. In in any case, we're led to believe that Jack won the (laughs) spear hurling competition. Uh, Jack slices a tree in half before the Scotsman can uh, even draw his sword. So it seems like it was some kind of like quick draw contest. Mm -hmm. Uh, Scotsman pops his head up from under the ocean water with a big old fish in his mouth and he's got a smile on his face. But then Jack pops up out of the water with a fucking marlin in yeah. his teeth. <laughs> a bright orange marlin. It's just a huge swordfish. The Scotsman <laughs> frowns with a little fish sticking I, in his I mouth. Like, I like the way they animated it, though, because he's like Jack's like wrapped around it, like wrestling yeah. with it and just biting its head. <laughs> it's too big to simply hold in his mouth. Yeah, but he does <laughs> still have to sink his teeth into it to really make it seem like, you know, they're on equal footing. Um. The uh, <laughs> what might be the best of all of them is they have a, a sandcastle building competition. <laughs> this one actually kind of made me a little sad. <laughs> it was actually really sad. The Scotsman like puts the finishing touches on his sandcastle, which is pretty good, like much better than I would. Yeah, be able yeah to do. it's really tall. It's got some intricate towers with some like, oh, I don't I'm going to display my lack of castle knowledge. Those those things at the top buttresses. <laughs> sure. <laughs> The pointy bits. Yeah, the little bits you hide behind when you're shooting your arrows. <laughs> uh, yeah, castle stuff. Um, but he looks over at Jack, who has reconstructed his entire homeland, including the mighty tower that he used to live in as a boy. Yeah, it's impressive. But I feel so bad because the, the Scotsman looked so proud of his castle until he looked over and saw Jack's. I know. It's like two sad moments of the Scotsman yelling yeah, like instantly losing his pride and then also like jack's like oh man like i don't know like jack's only memory of like castles is like this (laughs) grand tower he used to live in uh yeah that that was (laughs) one of the funnier competitions that they had um they knock bananas out of a tree with rocks for some reason yeah that one's a little weird another odd competition uh the scotsman knocks down a single banana but there's a big bunch of bananas hanging next to it. So logically we know, you know, Jack is going to knock down the entire bunch, which he does. Yep. They have another jumping contest, except it's a long jump, Mm -hmm. uh, which Jack wins easily. And the Scotsman should know by now that jumping contests are not the ones to enter (laughs) with Samurai Jack. Jack jumps good, you know. He's already mentioned this to you mere moments ago. I actually didn't realize what this contest was until you just said it was long jump. I just thought they were trying to like make the biggest impact crater in the no. ground. 
who kicks up the most sand. Yeah, he's like, I don't, I don't get what this one is. Well, the Scotsman would have won that, I think, easily. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he should have suggested well, the, that. Yeah, because then Jack lands and does like an anime pose, and I was like, was it coolest landing pose? Like, what? I don't, I don't really know what's yeah. happening here. Most slick landing. Yeah. Coolest got style that jump. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. J- jumping in Jack, you just, you don't want to, you don't want to get into that with him. Oh, he's a jumping Jack. He's a jumping Jack. We're full of them today. <laughs> uh, the final competition in this particular montage, they play tic-tac-toe and Jack wins. Yep. Yep. Which I actually got me thinking about tic-tac-toe and how much bullshit it is. What a tic-tac-toe stupid fucking sucks. game. Yeah. The only good version of tic-tac-toe is Hollywood Squares. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like that one, yeah. I did just see a long montage of Gilbert Gottfried on Hollywood Squares. Ooh, I'll have to uh, check that out. RIP Gilbert Gottfried, but it was a very, very funny clip of him like <laughs> giving the worst possible answers. <laughs> um, it's very, very silly. He was a very silly man. Um, the Scotsman is fed up with all these competitions, and he says, all right, we'll wrestle for it. Thumb wrestle. So they're going to have a little thumb wrestling competition. There's an <laughs> epic shot of them hand in hand as this swelling music is behind them and the camera twirls around these two men waiting to battle. Uh, the Scotsman's ogreish thumb dwarfing Jack's much more manicured thumb. <laughs> uh, yeah, they give this moment a lot of weight. This, yeah, uh, and then this scene goes on forever. <laughs> this is, yeah one of the longer moments of this, this whole competition montage. Um, <laughs> this is four minutes really of the eight wanna, minutes they had left. Yeah. They really want to like build up the ridiculousness of like the, the ultimate deciding factor is going to be a thumb war. <laughs> uh, and after this, <laughs> yeah, big epic buildup, the battle begins and uh, they're flailing their thumbs around like morons, like you would see in an actual thumb war. <laughs> yeah, I thought they did a pretty good job. I was like, yeah, this is as boring as actually playing. Yeah, they, <laughs> they actually yeah, gave it the appropriate amount of weight that it needed, which is to say they both look like buffoons. <laughs> um, they go on about this for a while, but the Scotsman pins Jack's thumb and a dastardly smile creeps across his face. And in slow motion, he starts to count to three and Jack struggles in agony trying to break free of the Scotsman's vice grip. (laughs) Uh, And on the three count, uh, the Scotsman can barely get the three out from his lips, but Jack's thumb slips out from underneath his own. The Scotsman in slow motion can't believe his eyes as his own thumb is pinned down by Jack's thumb. And then it cuts out of slow motion and Jack very quickly and calmly says, one, two, three. <laughs> what a cheater. I know. Well, he didn't cheat. You know, he just, he, uh, he slipped right out. He's got that. Well, yeah, maybe he had an oiled up thumb. I suppose that's true. <laughs> it's one of those you trick thumbnails. Yeah, that's right. For this exact specific situation. I've come prepared. <laughs> the Scotsman has exhausted every competition that he can think of and he just gives up. There's one final shot of him sulking on one end of the boat as Jack's end is high above the water. <laughs> yeah, which is kind of fun. <laughs> but he's happily paddling away through the water with the Scotsman, and that is how the episode ends. Watch out. Watch out. Brendan, it's been a long episode, but, uh, you know, we, we decided we wanted to cover both 
episodes in this particular recording. Um, I'm still feeling like we made the right decision based on where things ended up. Yeah. Um, but how, how did you feel about this particular two parter of Samurai Jack? Uh, I thought it was fun. I liked the Brent. Yes. Uh, character. I thought that was a good time. I don't like you were saying, I don't think it really needed to be a two part episode. It, they could have easily done the whole thing in one. Although at that same time, I don't mind getting more of the Scotsman. So like, you know, uh, it's fine. The second half of the second episode felt like such filler. Like and it was uh, there was also I don't I didn't bring it up during the episode, but there was a lot of inconsistencies with the character models in the second half of the second episode mm. that I didn't really notice in the first part. Um, the Scotsman whole body turns into like a teardrop shape at one point. Uh, his hands are mostly drawn as big circles. <laughs> um, uh, Jack has like different proportions and his colors are off. He's got like a purple like uh, trim to his gi, which is usually just two shades of gray. Yeah, there's a lot of like it kind of feels almost like the whole competition section might have been like new animators just messing around. And they were like, we need to fill time. What do we do? It's like, what, what do we just have them? The, the two of them face off against each other in a bunch of little contests. That's interesting. Like they kind of like plotted out like the entire Jack memory Mm-hmm. siren thing and and did all of that and then they're like oh shit like we still have eight minutes like bring on the, bring on the b team the a team's on vacation yeah, get the interns in here we need to fill time <laughs> i didn't uh notice any of that stuff in my initial viewing but like i'll go back and check that because like i i in my memory now i'm thinking yeah that that definitely mm-hmm. sounds like it could have been the case because that whole just that entire whole portion of that episode like everything kind of felt off something was weird about it yeah uh i don't know i think i i feel like they should have either added more to the trip through the uh unknown or just made the fight take longer instead like add add a couple things from like the golden fleece story or something right yeah kind of expand on those ideas we're already referencing you know the sirens yeah, um, so let's let's could have had some like harpies attack or something. There was a, right. a number of things that could have gone there. I think we're kind of in agreement on on this particular set of episodes. Um, like we're never going to complain when the Scotsman is around. Mm. Um, it's always going to be a good, fun, goofy time. And that was definitely the case throughout both episodes. Right. Yeah. But it 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 doesn't necessarily do a lot to like justify existing as two episodes in like the exact way that it did, like either cut enough where it can be down to one episode, like we said before, and there were definitely plenty of opportunities Mm. for them to do that. Um, Or if you want to like get as many of these plot points in and still like make a lot of the jokes that they did, which a lot of them are really, really good in this episode. Yeah. um, Yeah. Like pad out the moments that, that maybe either needed it or like would have deserved it more than what they chose to do, which is just like, the eight minute segment of them competing with each other, which, you know, we do like to see them interacting Jack and the Scotsman, like having their fun, friendly banter. Like it's fun to have yeah. Jack have a friend. Mm-hmm. Um, it would have been like, kind of a bummer to not even really have them interact as themselves. Like, right. Yeah. You got to do something. It's just, it's, it's when the literally it cuts to commercial break and then cuts back. And then like, that's the rest of the episode after like this big epic journey that we just went on. 
Like it, it does kind of make the entire thing run out of steam at mm. a certain point, and you're like, kind of like, all right, well, <laughs> this this could have ended so much longer ago. And it really did feel like it was ending. Like I, I, I do wonder if that was going to be the end of it. But then Cartoon Network was like, you need more because this is going to have to be split. Like you can't do a 45 minute episode. It has to be a full. Like, well, including commercial time, you know what I mean? But like, you can't right. do a, an episode and a half length. You have to do two full episode length. Maybe that would have been a more fun thing. Like you mentioned earlier, like if they had cut to commercial and then when it cuts back, it's like a short, like some yeah. kind of Samurai Jack short in that world. Maybe not even starring Jack, but like what's Aku up to this week or something like that. Like that could have been. Yeah, just something, fun. something else. It's it, that's where it felt like it was going to go for me because of the way that it really did seem to wrap up once Jack had his memory back and the side. That was the conclusion of yeah. everything that we had built up to. Even like the, the way the camera was framed in that very last shot before commercial, like it. It felt very much like that is the end. And then like the rest of it was like, why are we doing this? What? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, it's, it's like just it's, it's kind of a sour note that like they didn't need to end the episode on. Not even like a sour note, because like it is fun. It was still fun. Like, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Kind of I it, it leaves me feeling like a little more mixed on this episode than I think I truly am, because mm-hmm. like it was a lot of fun throughout. Um, so, yeah. When it comes to time to rate them, I may instinctively kind of cut the second half of this one as it's as the second part of the episode and like everything up to when Jack gets his memory back is the first part. Right. I I know that wouldn't be fair for the rating, but I think in my head I could see myself doing that. Like, yeah, yeah, it was really cool when he was Brent. (laughs) (laughs) I love Brent Worthington. See what else is going on with him. (laughs) Uh Perhaps, Brendan, what we should just do since we recorded this all and we're releasing it all as one thing, maybe we'll just rate it all as one thing when we do our final episode That's ranking fair. thing. Yeah. You know, instead of splitting it out into two. I don't think I would be, yeah, I, I don't think that would make any sense for the way that this <laughs> these two particular episodes mm-hmm. are like very much one long single story. Yeah. In a way that like the, well, I guess the first Oh, movie was like that too, but that one still had like more natural break points. And each one of those episodes did truly feel distinct. Yeah, it did stand on its own, whereas I don't think watching the second part of this episode would be any fun. No. Like yeah. without the first part. No, there was there would absolutely be no reason to ever do that. No. But I could see myself going back to like the other ones. Even the Birth of Evil, I could watch either of those and yeah. feel like I've got a full thing. I feel the exact same way. So that's, well, probably, that's probably exactly how we should play it when it comes time to uh, rank the that episodes. That sounds fair. Um, and I think, yeah, that led to our decision to record this all as one giant episode as opposed to splitting it out into two. Because, like, could you imagine if we came in here and done the first episode and then done the second episode and, like, <laughs> we would have been done in 20 minutes. We would have been, been yeah, talking. might have been our shortest episode ever. <laughs> as opposed to our longest episode ever, which is what this has quickly become. Um <laughs> I hope people don't mind that since we literally talked about two episodes of Samurai Jack. We, w- we won't be doing this again. I don't think there are any more two-part episodes of Samurai Jack. Not that I know of, but I don't really know much going forward. Uh, we'll find out. Um, but that was episodes 45 and 46 of Samurai Jack. Jack, the Scotsman saves Jack. Ooh, it's confusing because it doesn't start with Jack. Yeah, it's supposed to start with Jack. They're breaking all the rules. The Scotsman saves Jack mm-hmm. is what it is. 
Uh, no emails this week. Uh, if anyone does want to reach out to us, gotarecap at gmail.com is the email address. Uh, let us know uh, your thoughts on Samurai Jack, Cartoon Network, uh, our podcast. Uh, if you have any thoughts on uh, what we should do as our next television show that we watch on this podcast, uh, we're kind of soliciting those those. Thoughts and opinions right now. Uh, still trying to figure all that out, but we got a long way to go. You know, we got another season of the show, season and a half to do. So um, we'll we'll get there when we get there. But we do like to hear what people have to say. Yeah, love reading uh, those emails. Love reading those emails. Brendan loves singing the email song. So let him do it. <laughs> At gotta recap on social media. Uh, head there to follow along with us and join the conversation. We just started. Uh, uploading our uh, episode clips to our YouTube channel, which you should be able to find if you just search for Gotta Recap Samurai Jack. You'll find us. We're, <laughs> we're on there somewhere. Uh, yeah, sharing some episode clips there. And, you know, who knows? Maybe we'll start posting some original content there at some point in the future. Um, our Let's Plays of um, Clubhouse games on Ooh, Switch. I'm going to kick your ass at Yacht Dice up and down. I'm going to kick your ass at pigtail. Is that one of them? <laughs> I don't know. I think I'm not I think sure. So I think it's been so a long time. feels like it would be. There's 50 of those fucking things on there. We'll play some fun clubhouse games together. Is and, piano uh, counted in the 51? Doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's it stupid. is. It's fine. We don't have to talk about it, but yes, I, I agree. It's very silly. Um, Yeah. So head to YouTube. If you want to follow along, see our videos there. It's a fun time. Uh, head to Apple Podcasts and Spotify, drop us five-star reviews of the show. That is immensely helpful for helping our show grow, and we would appreciate everyone doing <laughs> that. So please take a little time. Please. Uh, and then one more, one quick thing. I did a guest spot on a friend's podcast. It's called the Warp Lords Podcast. They are a tabletop RPG real play. Um, so if you want to check that out, uh, that's a buddy of mine. I'm on their 420 holiday special. Hell yeah. <laughs> you can uh, check that out if you like. Brendan, what the what the fuck, bud? You you sneaking around I'm, behind I'm my back? Yep, yep. Doing another podcast? And I'm sneaking in ads for them, too. And by sneaking, oh, I mean doing God. it right in front of you <laughs> with no prior discussion. I don't promote anyone else's work <laughs> on this show. This is supposed to be private time for just you and me and our listeners. <laughs> I did it. You're it's letting, too late. You're letting someone in on this, the sanctity of our marriage. <laughs> yep. This is never going to work out. I say we give it. I say we give it about 20 more episodes and see how, how we feel then. <laughs> Probably. Uh, yeah, it's going to it's going to be a little rocky. Uh, we'll see. Um, definitely go check that out, though. That's cool. That sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a good time. Awesome. Uh, Brendan. I was going to try to sing some sort of sing-songy siren song to you to uh, close out this episode, but I feel like I kind of already wasted that earlier, and uh, I'm very sleepy. Mm -hmm. So, uh, perhaps we should shut this shit down. Sounds good to me. We'll see everyone next week for episode 47. That's the one. <laughs> Hell yeah, my dude. Thank you all for listening. Goodbye. Bye.